What's up, guys? Heathen Culture Podcast. Something very special today. I'm hanging out in the Way of the Wolf studio. My good buddy, Sean Barnes. We're going to have a little fun today, and we're going to do it on video for the first time so y'all can see how much of a pain in the ass I really am. Dude, welcome. Happy to have you here. Joint venture show is going to be fun. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Rock and All right, roll. cool. <clears throat> I made a clip. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got a lot of energy on that one. Okay. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> All right, first joint show that yeah. I've ever been a part of. So there's a lot of stuff that happened this year. It was just a wild-ass ride. What do you want to talk about first? Dude, um, let's talk. Like Every time I see you, I'm blown away. So let's talk about this. You have the most insane setup I've ever seen somebody who does this part-time okay. for fun. Yeah. I want to talk about your growth because you hit a milestone this year. You are now an employer. Mm. You, your, your, all your stuff you've done in your private life outside the corporate world mm -hmm. has taken off. Let's talk about that. Okay. Cause that's important. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. This has been a pretty big year of growth for me. I started the podcast in January. We're right at one year in actually last week had Chase Banks come on the show. He was the 52nd episode. Nice. So we talked a lot about nutrition and wellness and integrity and things like that. So it was a good show. But I think that for me, it was really about trying to come out of my shell. And you and I have talked about me being an introvert for my entire life. And I yeah. thought, okay, I've got to come out of my shell. And I have to actually give some credit to Tony Watley because I was trying to think about, okay, what's next? How do I do this? Yeah. And in the gym one day, he just said, start a podcast. I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm not sure about all that. That's probably a bit much. We spoke about it a little bit more, and I said, okay. The next time I saw him in the gym, I was like, hey, I decided I'm going to do this every two weeks. He's like, come on, don't be a bitch. Do it every single week. And I was like, okay. So here we are, and, and it has been an interesting journey. I've learned a lot about the technology, and because I like to go all in, I have a, a lot of really nice equipment that's probably well above the content that I'm delivering, but I just, I geek out over it and love it. Uh, man, your content's on point. I don't, okay. like, like don't sell yourself for your content's on point. Now, what you have done is you've made me realize that I need to work on my spending habits. Okay. It's where I can upgrade myself mm -hmm. because I want to do something similar, but I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to move my studio to my house where it's going to lose a little bit of that rawness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think it's going to give me what I need as far as, you know, content, uh, making it work, and then being able to have the video, being able to, I can't do that in the office and yeah. everything else because it's just, there's so much going on around us at all times. And now, you know, with it being 80 degrees in December in Texas, the doors are open, so you got to crank up the music. So I'm learning to realize that I'm going to have to take this to my house mm -hmm. and make it more of a, of a, Informal, formal thing. Yeah. I, I think it's the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. So, but dude, like your 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 skill sets have just gone through the roof. Editing, technology, everything. I get geeked out too. I'm like, okay, I gotta get a good microphone. I thought I had a great one. Now I'm sitting here on these, and I'm like, all right, I gotta step up even more. So, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I would challenge you. Why not just 
build another studio in your house so that you can actually record in both locations when that is good. when the feeling comes up if you're at the gym just go hit it go get it done or if it's your house and you want something with without some of the background noise which i love by the way i know i've shared that with yeah, you yeah but to your point if there's music blasting in the background that can probably be a bit much yeah and plus i find it hard to um i find it hard to record at the gym because my brain is in work mode and like I think with heathen culture I'm kind of taking it into more of a life kind of thing because people don't want to come on right now and like talk about business because everybody's kind of with the pandemic and all this other stuff going on people are kind of pumping the brakes and then you can't really get anybody I can't get anybody to really challenge me on debate or spirited conversation or anything like that so I think I'm going to go more lines of like current events and, and just thoughts behind it and just go from there. I've got a couple of buddies in the music industry that really want to talk and, and share stuff. And I want to talk about aliens and UFOs and uh, taking DMC and just, you know, figure, finding out who you are. Because I think that's part of where I'm going with it being the heathen culture is just to to find that and I think the only way to do that's going to be like you said doing it at home. Mm-hmm. Um I really kind of want to do a thing with my friends and uh I want to make pasta one night. Okay. And I want to have everybody sit around the island yeah. and have microphones and just sit there and like as we're done eating and talking and whatever just kind of like start into it and just start bullshitting and see how yeah. much it goes cuz there are some really fun conversations mm-hmm. that happen. Just low key just had the microphones just hanging out and just catching it all yeah and now i want to record it this is so everybody <laughs> can see how many degenerates i really hang out with. so do you have a youtube channel we do we do okay. uh, i actually have two which were so um talking about 2021 being a crazy year we've grown enough to where i now have a content creation person okay um where it's not just me running around with the camera trying to edit uh so we have a YouTube channel for Legacy Barbell that I want to start uploading all of our Instagram videos to and the reels and stuff like that. I want to start uploading to that. And then the Heathen Culture one, I have two on there. Um, I really need to work on, and I, and I know this, I need to work on uh, the tags and things like that because we did uh, a really awesome podcast with uh, Gwen Berry. Yep. Um, which, check that one out. Uh, it. She's the Olympian that had her back turned and it was all stunt. Like it was all, they waited for that. And, and I believe her when she says that, cause she's always been good people with me, but I wanted to get that out to the whole world. So I put it on every platform I had. So now what I want to do is I want to focus on getting more video. I want to kind of have a little more fun with it. And I think for 2022, that's going to be the goal is to have that going. And then hopefully I'm pursuing uh, a life as a podcaster or, or just a personality that you get to listen to and make fun of. So, <laughs> you, you said something there that kind of stuck with me in, in terms of like wanting to be able to bring people on or you've been struggling to have people come on and have spirited debate or talk through challenging topics or situations. Yeah. And we know that the world is very polarized at this point, more so than it has been in a very long time, I wow. would say. So I guess my question is, with your idea or concept around doing this around the fire, do you have more spirited debates in environments like that than you do on the show? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, 
we have conversations about the most random things and it, and it could be something as simple as, you know, gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And then I get to really just kind of expound on my beliefs behind gay marriage and, and, and things like that. And my friends go, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Obviously I'm for it. But, um, at the same time, I think being able to have conversations that challenge people and go, well, I never thought about that particular level. And, 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 and I try to use an everyday mindset to it. I try to use a, a conversation of how can we get better as people, be more inclusive, but also go, hey, these are my thoughts. Because in this day and age, you can't have a uh, you can't have a deferring mindset. You can't have uh, anything that's away from popular opinion, or you're shut down. And I'm like, uh, let's talk about opinions. Let's get this out here. And maybe I can educate you. Maybe you can educate me. Maybe we can meet in the middle. Maybe we can't. And we'll have closure and just be able to move forward. And that's kind of where I want to take what I'm doing. Because there are people that are on my personal Facebook and my personal Instagram that are like, dude, they post some of the most woke stuff I've ever seen. And I'm like, hey, come on the podcast. I just want to talk. Like, I want to have a real conversation. And they're like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That's a trap. I'm like, it's not a trap. Like, we're friends. Like, what yeah. the fuck? And so it just gets worse. And they and they post everything. And it, apparently, because I don't have the same mindset, I'm a trumper. Mm, I'm yes. like, come on, man. I got to <laughs> chill out with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been pretty wild. And I, I've kind of steered clear of politics on the show. I had Daniel Wolfson on a few episodes back, and and he asked me about the OSHA mandate, the ETS that came yeah. out, and I did get a little bit fired up over that. That does affect you, so it does. It affects a lot. Of, what sixty million Americans? Eighty million? I don't remember yeah. what the number is. A substantial amount. Enough to go. Come on. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I normally try to avoid those. I think I'll probably start to venture a little bit into those waters. I'm not sure if I'll have entire shows dedicated to those topics, but I think it's important to be able to have an open-minded conversation and be able to just say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And be able to go back and forth. And you and I don't agree on everything, but we also have a mutual respect and can say, that's cool. You know, that's Henry and it is what it is. Yeah, not worried about that. Well, actually, I did want to ask you because I'll see how fired up I can get you. Oh, boy. What are your feelings on it? Um, Because it just got... It was it was suspended, and then now it's been reinstated. Yeah, so the Fifth Circuit basically shut it down, and it got elevated to the Sixth Circuit, and the Sixth Circuit said, hey, green light. And so now it's going up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to hear all the information January 7th, I believe it is. So by the time this show comes out, it'll probably we'll have an answer on it. I think for me, I, I just kind of espouse this philosophy of let people make their own decisions. It's not the government's job to come in as mommy and daddy and protect protect us. I use yeah. air quotes on that for those of you that are not watching this on YouTube. But you know, just let people live their lives. Civil liberties, and, exactly. Civil liberties. Uh, well, like you know, we talk about podcasters and and literally the most famous podcaster in the world, Joe Rogan. He had uh, Peter McCullough on, which is the single most published doctor in the world, who's also an epidemiologist, and he and he talks about um, uh, the vaccines and and 
ivermectin and, and and monoclonal antibodies. You could go through the whole thing. And even he's like, I'm vaccinated. I'm also older. Um, I'm very aware of all my conditions and I've seen this stuff. And I'm like, there are people like me that aren't going to be vaccinated. And there are mm-hmm. people like my wife that can't be yep. because she has a heart condition. Um, I'm a business owner. We're not going to hit the hundred, but it starts with a hundred. Then it turns to 50, then it turns to 25 and then it turns to 10 and then it turns to everyone. That's how the, the pattern goes with anything. Um, and I just, I have a problem with it because I'm like, you don't, you're not fucking me, feeding me or financing me. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that anything that happens in those aspects of things, I don't want to fuck with it. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've had conversations with, with my doctors and just point blank asked them, do you think I've, I had COVID a year, year and a half ago and same, same. asked what their thoughts were. Should I get vaccinated? And every single one of them said, mm, if you've had it, I probably wouldn't bother. You're at such low, low, low risk. And the fact that you've already had it, you have some level of antibodies in your system. You know, I wouldn't personally recommend it. And the problem that I see is the government is basically coming in and saying, hey, you've got to do this or you lose your job. Yeah. That's not cool. Well, then you already take a 39% of my paycheck. So, yeah, you can't like, come on, chill out. Yeah. Like, And so do you post anything about your physical on uh, your way of the wolf stuff? Like, what do you mean? Like, like your, your workouts or anything like that. Do you post any of that stuff? Uh, I don't, every now and then I'll post a picture or of like me deadlifting or something yeah. like that. I don't post the training program or the nutrition or any of that stuff that I do. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all right now, he is a specimen of a human being. <laughs> he has abs on his abs, like peak physical condition. Wow. Definitely doesn't need it. I don't know about that. The past few weeks have been a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> why why with you the turn holidays. red? Why are you turn red, Sean? The, the holidays uh-huh. have been a little bit of a struggle. I've been eating a little bit more sweets than I probably should. You know, I've been enjoying a <laughs> cheese ball, uh, cream cheese. And <laughs> stuff. So every day I'm on the Stairmaster for at least 30 minutes just sweating out fat, you know. But uh, yeah, no. Um, so that being said, with you being your feet physical peak physical condition at your age, which, you know, we are older. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this extreme mindset of just taking care of your body, which is an, a phenomenal thing for anyone to have at any age. But according to the science, you, you actually aren't supposed to be able to catch COVID again. Mm-hmm. So if you can't catch COVID again, you're in great shape. You don't have, you're one of the few that have zero co- comorbidities. There's no point for you to get vaccinated and you have natural immunity. Why isn't natural immunity something we talk about? And that's part of the conversations that I want to have. It is. And people are like, just get vaccinated. I'm like, we don't know what the fuck is in it. Well, and and then we're seeing more and more and more instances of people that are are fully vaccinated or triple vaxxed and still getting COVID. So the question for me then becomes, okay, there's not a lot of risk for me. What is the benefit? Well, there's not a lot of benefit because they're having all of these, quote, breakthrough cases and people are, are still getting sick after being vaccinated. So what's the what's the point? Well, my fear, and this would be my fear for you, uh, Tony Watley posted about it. All these soccer players are uh, oh, yeah. falling down because that 
Myocarditis caused by conf, uh, climate change. Oh, yeah. That's been a huge thing. This year, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. all of these, I, you know, I saw an article on that. Some author or, uh, I don't know, done, did a lot of research and came across and posted 66 examples of elite level athletes across the world falling down on the field with heart issues. And then I don't remember what the percentage is. A number of them passed away. And, yeah. but, you know, why isn't anybody talking about this? All of a sudden now you yeah. have all these elite specimens that are the pinnacle of physical fitness and health and have their own doctors. Why are they now all of a sudden just falling down on yeah. the field with heart problems? Well, I'm not sucking your dick. So let's just say this. <laughs> you you are that level. Like you, you, you have, I'm going to say you have the cardio, you have all these things. My fear would be if you got vaccinated and you were in the gym, my gym, working out, doing your workouts, things like that, and you fall over. Sorry. Could you say that again? Shut up. <laughs> you fall over with myocarditis, heart pain, something like that. I'm first, I'm going to freak out. Mm -hmm. But secondly, I'm going to you know call the doctors also. And I'm going to go, I, there is definitive proof right here. I know this man personally. He's in phenomenal shape. And the vaccine did this. Sorry, you can't tell me anything otherwise because I will know the truth. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, I don't want to see that to happen to anybody in my facility or anywhere else. Yeah, and I think that's where my thoughts are. And I, that Peter McCullough thing, like he talks about all the myocarditis and how it, it predominantly affects men that are in shape. Mm -hmm. yep. Men who have high cardiovascular uh, capacity, like Swelling of the heart, myocarditis, heart attacks, stroke. Teenage kids are having strokes. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. So that being said, that's why yeah. I, I, I want to have these conversations with people that are so anti-vaxxers or are the devil. You know, like, I just want to have these conversations. And yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen in that facility around that table. Like, I have it. Around the fire, around the island, in the home studio where, yeah. you know, hey, here's a drink. Calm down. <laughs> let's, let's get that. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> like, just disarm them as much as humanly possible. Yeah. So that's the plan. Yeah. The only other thing, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on from this. So the one thing I do want to touch on is how unfortunate it is that now, if this ETS does go through, those employees that are not vaccinated will be required to wear a mask. Even though it has been proven that if you have been vaccinated, you can still catch and spread the virus. The thing that I find so unfortunate about that is now it's become okay to discriminate against somebody under the guise of safety. And that's just, that's a, I feel that's a slippery slope and it's just dangerous. Uh, it happened to me. I got discriminated against uh, at Twin Liquors. I uh, walked in to get a, a, just a gift for somebody. And I wouldn't wear a mask. And they, I was literally cussed at. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's not really a thing. Y'all can't do that. And it ended up being more trouble than it was worth. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull pull a page from Andy Fisella. I just won't ever go back. Yeah. I'll never recommend them. I won't ever go back. They'll never see my money. I'll never give them the opportunity to, to get my business back. And that's just the way I'm going to be about it. Yeah. Which sucks but it is what it is it is what it is and i mean i think until it, it is surprising that so many businesses are willing to just cut their customer base in half because it's really kind of i mean you look at the data it's probably not quite half but that they're just okay with 
with that. So, but it is their business and they can run it how they want well, I, to. I think, I think going down this road yeah. kind of helps us though, because this is definitely on the lines of what you and I do from a business standpoint. Would you ever discriminate against somebody if they want to sit at this podcast or be one of your clients, mm-hmm. one of your business clients, and they sit down right here, right now with a mask on and they would not take it off, even though they're vaccinated or whatever? I wouldn't care. You wouldn't care, right? Whatever makes them comfortable. Exactly. But if they start demanding that I wear a mask or demanding that I go get vaccinated before they come on the show, I'm just, hey, you know what? That's not really my thing and wish you the best. That was the next part of the question. That and I think what the problem is 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 businesses are turning away the people that wanted to help them when this all, all this stuff started and they were hurting, and now it's become such a uh, virtue signal that you're wearing a mask and you're vaccinated and all these things that you as a business person are turning away people that wanted to support you. Because you want to show the whole world that you want to follow whatever you think is correct. Instead of going, you know, man, I'm wearing a mask. I'm vaccinated, whatever. You want a beer? You want enchiladas? What do you want? You know, and just that being said, I just that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, move, right. on. we'll move on from we'll COVID. We'll move on. We'll move yeah. on from COVID. It's been a good 20 minutes on COVID, so we'll move on. Oh, come on. How about... Aside from COVID, for 2021, what are some goals that you accomplished? What are some big wins for you? Man, we we, we stacked W's hard all year long. Um, I say this was much. You, you saw me tear up at the Christmas party. I did. Saying this. So I've been able to hire more people. We have more staff. Um, me being able to check out from being the guy behind the desk, doing the social media, designing clothes, all that stuff. That was a win for me. But to have a team that loves my business the way I do and to have a manager who goes through absolute hell with stupid people all day long and she loves her job. She loves working for for me. She loves working for the company. She understands the, the mindset that goes into it. Um is a win that you you just you can't quantify. You can't quantify if you're in business and this is what you you want to do and you start hiring employees, you can't quantify somebody that loves business the way that you do. And you can't quantify um, someone who puts their neck on the line every day for doing the right thing. It's just you can't quantify it. And then you do what we've done, which we expanded this year. We went from 9,000 square foot to 15,000 square foot to fill that full of equipment, which put me about $400,000 total in in, in the project um, to turn around and fill it. And we're at 1,750 people, 1,750 active members. We signed up 30 in the last three days. It's wild. That's wild. And then to go, all right, we're planning on this coming up. And to have all these things happen to where you can really start focusing on how to get better. Okay, now we're, we've, we've mastered this as much as we can in the current, in the current uh, uh, version. But then to take it and go, okay, how can we take this current version 
pimp my ride, figure out how to make it better, figure out how to make it uh, stronger, faster, better, and go from there. That's what we're working on now, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But to have a business that industry-wide, the last quarter is the down quarter. People don't want to spend the money. You're losing money. You're struggling. You're doing all these things, and we're gaining. Every month has beat the month prior for 39 months in a row. That is crazy. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed. Yeah. I'm very blessed. One of the things that always resonates whenever you and I talk about business and, and specifically Legacy Barbell is, is the culture that you're building with your team. Now, you've had some challenges with turnover and, oh, and yeah. just some, some people that come in that weren't really the right fit. Yeah. But one of the things I love about small business, and, and I, I see this with the people that you have on your team, is the fact that they do care. They are passionate. They're always, for the most part, in a good mood. I love the fact that they remember my name, and I don't know if it's because they see it pop up on the screen or what, yeah. but the perception is, hey, that's really cool. That's a nice touch. That's so, something we train in. Okay. Uh, I, and I tell people, I want you to say their names because I want you to, when they walk in the door before they even scan in, I want you to know that name. Say hi to them. Call them by their first name if they're older, you know, manners, Mr. Mrs. Mm -hmm. um, but I want you to do that every time because, one, it creates pattern of memory, which anybody can use in anywhere in any job. But it also creates that comfort. Man, I'm, I'm part of the tribe. I'm part of the, the family, the community. And we focus on trying to break down that, that idea of community because I hate the idea of community. I want to feel like a tribe. Like These are your people. This is who you belong with when you walk through those doors. And I, I want my staff to, one, be part of that, but also, two, bring people in and make people feel comfortable and make people feel like they're at home. And I think, you know, with your with your uh, business that you have on the side, you know, you, you know these people's in and out. You know their, their ups, their downs, their what makes them tick, what, what turns them off. You, you know how these people work and these people, one, come back to you, but they also tell their tell other entrepreneurs, other people that want to grow in the corporate world, they bring those to you and that just feeds your business. Something you've built in phenomenally well. I try to do that with my team and try to make them, hey, become part of the tribe. Yeah. Become, become one of us. Well, that's what it's about. It's about building those long-term relationships where it's mutually beneficial and and value added to continue the relationship. It's yeah. not it's not just transactional in nature. Hey, I'm going to do this, you're going to pay me, we're done. And and I appreciate the fact that that's what you're building with Legacy Barbell. Yeah. It's not just, hey, pay me and you can use my gym. It's become part of our tribe, become part of of our group. And I think that's how you you positively impact people's lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a real compliment. Now, the real question is is how do we do this again in another place? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be our, our next challenge, our, our, that's our next part of our challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where we're going. How can we do this again? How can we, and I have an idea. I have, I have the leadership in place and we're hiring from within. That's the only way I'm going to do business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had uh, the best story of the year I have for you. 
This is the best dumbass moment of the year I have for you. Um, beginning of December, we have a couple new people, and, and they're they're super sweet. They're kids, you know. Like we're we're teaching them. Hey, these are all skills you're gonna need. They're eighteen to twenty one. Like these are all skills you're gonna need in the future. We're gonna teach them to you, and we're gonna pay you to learn. And so there's always people coming into the gym that are like, I need to speak to the owner. And I'm like, ask them what it's about, fill them out. And a guy goes, listen, I only want to talk to the owner. And they go, well, are you a member here? And he goes, no. So I come around the corner. They come get me. I come around the corner. We were folding clothes. We're, we're, we're doing content for the website. We're doing everything we can. And this guy comes around the corner. And I go, hey, man, how you doing? What can I do for you? He goes, are you the owner? I say, yes, sir. And he goes, Man, uh, you got a really nice facility here. I was like, I appreciate it. Uh, what, what's going on? He goes, I'd like to buy your facility. I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, uh, we can sit down and talk, uh, you know, business and go from there. He goes, Well, I got fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> how, how did you not laugh? Uh, <laughs> I, I just reached my hand out and I shook his hand and said, Sir, I've got real things to do. Have a nice day. And this, and I just moved on. And so the staff saw that and they saw one, I was still professional, yeah. but I, I just didn't entertain it. And I, and I said, Hey, this is why we ask all these questions. And this is why we, we teach all these people become part of the tribe. If somebody's acting weird or you've never seen them before and they're being super standoffish, kind of fill them out. And most of the time I'm not here because you'll figure out they're trying to sell something they're trying to to be an idiot, just figure it out. And honestly, man, like these kids, when they go to the corporate world, if they don't stay with me, they're going to do fantastic because we only hire gym members. We don't hire people that come in from the outside. Um, you know, we're talking about opening another one, and we're going to take my current uh, manager in charge, and I'm putting, I'm giving her a gym to run, and we're we're promoting up. Mm-hmm. And so the next person comes up, we get these two to start making money again, start doing it. We're going to go for a third and I'm going to take the, the number two person at, at headquarters and they're going to get their own, they're going to get their own gym or I'm going to tell the person that's in charge, go, Hey, do you want the new gym or do you want to stay? And we'll promote this person mm-hmm. and I'm just going to build teams that way. And I'm, that's how I'm going to conquer. Yep. But the only way I'm going to get there is keeping the tribe mindset and just this team, this staff, these trainers. Um, you know, we have a mutual friend that's a phenomenal trainer. She's she's been with me for almost five years. And like I tell people all the time, I can't do without her. She's she's a fucking rock star. I need her to come in and go, all right, do you want to stay an independent trainer? Or do you want to start teaching people how to train and start making money? And start, you know, W W2. 401k, yep. those kind of things. And it's those kinds of ideas that we're pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the only way to get there. It's one of the things I love about small business. And I I was just telling you earlier, well, a few days ago, I sat down with Dave Vassar, who owns the Nitrous Outlet up in Waco. And one of the things that struck me is he's got about 32, 34, some, somewhere in that range, employees. And it took him a number of years to, to get there. But and you'll hear this on the show, is what struck me is the, the culture and team that he has built over the years. Promote from within, turnover is not really a thing there. Yeah. And 
I appreciate and respect that about small business owners. And I've been reflecting recently on, on large corporations. Why, why is that less and less of a thing as businesses get larger and larger? And I think there's, there's no one silver bullet. There's a few reasons that I think that contribute to that. One of them is, is going to be leadership. Another is going to be it's easier to hide incompetence in a large organization. Politics start to play more and more of a role. And when you have those people that are toxic or incompetent, but they might be best friends with the CFO or whatever that relationship looks like, they end up creating a lot of damage in the organization, which kind of creates a culture drift where people kind of drift away from the core values because yeah. they see what's what's going on. And so I think strong leadership has to be a big key of it. And then Jocko Willink talks a lot about distributed command, or I think that's what he yes. what it's called. Dichotomy of leadership. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that plays another role in it. Whenever you start building your leaders, building from within, like what you just discussed, that way people have worked with you for a number of years. They know where your head is at. They know how you operate and they know the vision that you have for your business. And I think that's a key, key component to successfully scaling a business while maintaining that culture. Well, you, um, when we did our original podcast, we talked about how, your company was headhunting other people and you're like, I want the job. And you had to step up and get really uncomfortable. And, you know, with your corporate job, you're manning two departments, you're, you're kicking ass, but your company was headhunting. Mm -hmm. I used to work for companies like in my oilfield days, I was a, I was a corporate personal manager for a hundred million dollar company. You know how that goes. It's there's always somebody going, they're in the owner's ear. They meet they meet somebody at a trade show, and the guy has the gift of gab, and and he understands how to talk, and he understands how to sell. And he goes, "Man, I don't know who you got working for you right now, but listen, I can go over. We can save we can save fifty million dollars next year if you just hire me to come in here and do this thing." And I'm and I've always been the kind of person. Well, I tell you what, we'll do. We'll start you at the bottom. I'll pay you decent. Yeah, start you at the bottom, and let's see how you work. I've had to do that with owning a gym, working the front desk. People go, well, I want 60 a year. I go, for what? <laughs> to run it. I was like, no. I already have somebody running it. Yeah. I'll start you out, and we'll see how you do. And usually that's how I've nipped it in the butt pretty quick. But in the corporate world, it's like you have somebody coming in wanting to sell, wanting to uh, come in, sweep in, get that VP of X department, and get the payroll and then go, well, how do y'all work? How do y'all do this thing? What are y'all systems? And then they want to come in and go, well, that system doesn't make sense to me. And so they want to change everything. And yet they change the workflow. They change the, the dynamics that are in the office. Yes, there are dynamics in every office, everywhere. doesn't matter the business. doesn't matter how many employees you have. There's, there's dynamics. But when, when an outsider comes in, I've only seen one instance ever where it improved business. It can happen. So, you know, this is actually a, a really good topic that I do want to dive into a little bit of because course. as businesses grow and scale, you don't always have the skill set in house that can step in and lead a specific function or do that job. So, I, I understand the concept of hey, bring an expert in from the outside. 
the challenge you run into is making sure that they fit the culture right and that they're not just very well spoken but a lazy bum yeah okay so there, there's going to be challenges there now as i as i step back even further why would somebody want to bring in an expert from the outside as opposed to promoting from within yeah. well time because it might take time or effort or energy to develop person a who's been working with the company for five years and knows everybody and everything it will take time to build and develop them if the company is growing at such a rapid rate and they need that skill set to come in and get it done today I can understand the thought process behind going outside. Now for me, as I think through business and business growth, it's not about how fast can we grow, how much money can we make? It's about building a team, building a culture, build your people and let your people build the business. Yes. So it's not about a, a race to the top in terms of getting as much revenue as, as possible which I think that's a, a driver for a lot of businesses. Grow, 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 grow. How much more money can we add to the, yeah. to the pot? Yeah, how much, how much can we add to the ledger? It, I mean, and, it, and it's hard. I think with what you've got going on, like you wanted to learn, you wanted to lead, you wanted to do this thing, and you took it upon yourself to train yourself. Now let's take company A. You have somebody, like you said, They've been in the company five years. Mm -hmm. They understand dynamics, but they're not leadership material yet. So what do you do? Do you go out and hire someone else and you put this as their their backup person? Because you know anytime you bring someone in, they're going to go, hey, I got a couple people that I need. And that they're surrounding themselves, building their own private team mm -hmm. inside of here. And the person that's supposed to be moving into that spot needs to be trained. Well, go, well he's now an outsider to this group. And it sucks because this can, one, yes, it'll make money. Mm -hmm. You have a team that works, it's going to make money. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife was telling me yesterday, she's in a mortgage business. They just hired a $300 million mortgage team. It's like 25 people. And they're coming in and they're, they're throwing the whole boat at them. They're giving them everything. And so that same thing happens in the corporate world as far as this goes. So that person is supposed to step up. Is hindered and they don't feel valued. Mm -hmm. Their production goes down. Yep. Company B, same instance. They have a guy that's been there five years, knows the dynamic. Hey, man, we need to train you up. Here's the deal. We're going to put you on a fast track. Let's train you. Let's teach you. But you're also going to have to do this homework. You're going to have to do this. We're going to give you a year to figure out what the hell to do and get moved up and move on. We're growing. We're going to have you. We're going to give you some extra jobs. Your pay is going to stay the same. We're going to see. We're going to throw you the wolves, trial by fire, and we're going to make. We're going to see what you're made of. If that guy fails, that's when you bring in the outsider. To me, agreed. That's just that's just my thoughts. Yep. Why I, do you think companies go the other way? Uh man. As you as you get more successful, you get lazier. Mm. I'm a living, breathing example of this. I used to do everything and now I hardly do anything and I have to find stuff for myself to do. I have to go, which allows me to be more detail oriented, which is great, but it, it kind of takes away from that, uh, that skill. So what you're doing is, is I think with company a, they're lazy. They don't want to train up the guy that's been there five years. Hey man, look, we get it. You're a great worker. 
I just don't see it. We can get we can get there faster with yeah. this. Is it about adding money to the ledger? It it's always about adding money to the ledger, but it's hey, this is going to cost us more money up front, but we should do more faster, better, easier. Versus here, there's going to be mistakes. It could cost us some money, and we might have these problems. But growing it is going to be difficult. I think more people are afraid of Company B than Company A. And so I'd rather be company B all day. Hey, I'm going to give you some extra jobs. I'm, we're going to see what you can do. And it's, for me, I'm patient. A slow dollar is better than a fast dime any day of the week. That's key. That is absolute key in my mind. Yeah. And so, like, I have I have team members that are, that are phenomenal at their job. And I say, hey, why don't you start doing this? Add this to your workload. Hey, uh, I'll use this name, Jeff, Jeff Taylor. I say, hey, man, um, you're working really hard. You're doing Sundays for us, and you're a personal trainer. Um, I want you to head up our group training. I want you to learn how to group train. I want you to learn how to program. I want you to do all these things. To where now, he's got full classes to the point where we're actually uh, we're, we're not in the talks with landlords. It's done. I just got to pull the trigger and then order equipment, which takes three months. But we're adding on another 3,000 square foot section to the gym. Nice. Double glass door going there. Yeah. Will That's it be kind of segregated out? It will or? be. Okay. It will All be. right. Um, it'll have its own sound system. It'll okay. have a microphone system in there. Um, and then we're uh, buying the MyZone system. So there'll be screens where you can see the heart rate. And you can say, if you have your own MyZone, you can do that. If you want to mm-hmm. buy one, we'll sell mm-hmm. it. Or if you want to borrow one, you need to see your number up there. And you're competing mm-hmm. against other people in the class. Who's going to burn the most calories? Who's going to do the most work? It is one of the reasons why F45 is so successful because mm-hmm. they use that system. We're going to do that. And I've already told Jeff, I'm like, when number two is open, I'm moving you up. And then there will be a choice made once number three happens. And you will no longer be a trainer. You will be a manager. And you will do these things. And you will help grow and you're going to find a Jeff. You're going to find a version of you and you're going to do the same thing I did to you and add on a little more. And he has taken this class thing to another level to the point where people sign up. Yes, it's free, but it's free with the membership, but he's taken it to where he's now built his own private personal training business off of it. Hey, do you want to get in better shape faster? I'm a personal trainer too. And his schedule's full now. Yeah. And he works his ass off. I'd rather be company B. I'd rather take that person and say, hey, you're doing great. Let's make you better. Let's teach you how to do it better. Instead of hiring somebody to come in that's already good at all this stuff, it's already good at all this stuff, and come in and spearhead it and make it. No, it's disrespectful to my guy that's been working yep. for me. Yep. I'd rather respect my employees instead of bringing someone in and just be disrespectful like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the right approach. How was that conversation received? Um, well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of cussing involved because he's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, it's to have your staff look at you and go and and they know that you're looking out for them and you're trying to build something around them is key. To any business. Mm-hmm. I think with the big corporate businesses or people that are growing super fast, 
They lose the idea of their employees respecting them. Oh, they're just here to make money. No, if your employees respect you, they're going to put their heart, soul on the line every time a product comes out, every time uh, you're in oil and gas, every time a valve comes out of testing or goes into testing, you're going to know that that employee gave everything they had and they did it and they respect you. You go, guys, I know this from personal experience. Guys, hey, man, here's the deal. We got a well going out in the morning. We had no idea. We totally forgot about it. Can some of y'all stay late? Get these valves done for us. We've got 15 valves to build. Obviously, you're getting overtime, but we need y'all to knock them out tonight. My second day on the job in the oil field, I was like, I'll stay and help. And I sit there, and I built Mm -hmm. valves until, like, my arms were cramping up working working the wrenches. And I was so tired. I went home. I got like four hours of sleep. And I was back the next morning at 6 a.m. That that right there showed every one of my bosses that I was, I'm here for the company. I'm yeah. here I'm here to do better. Yeah, I'm going to get paid. But yeah. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Big businesses just lose that when they headhunt. It, it's just, it sucks. It does. Yeah. So we kind of talked through 2020 goals. Yeah, a little bit. 2020. Yeah, 2022. So I think for me, one of the the big things that I want to focus on is is continuing to refine my skills, my presentation skills. I've started going to Toastmasters in the past few months, and and while I'm getting more comfortable behind the camera and the microphone, um, I went to I went to an event oh a few months ago and had to get up and speak in front of like. 35, 40 people, something like that. And, and I think I did fine, but my heart rate elevated and I thought, Oh, well that's, that's a little bit interesting. I'm looking at my watch and looking at the heart. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's almost what I work out at. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, I'm sitting at one Oh four right now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I, so I want to continue to get better at the public speaking side of things. I'm going to continue going to Toastmasters. I'd like to sit on some more panels and, and talk through leadership and culture and those types of discussions at CIO forums and things like that, because I see this opportunity with technology professionals. And I mean, that's obviously where my background and passion is, but I see there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to help build technology professionals into stronger leaders. So I want to ask a question because we'll call it my naivety. Okay. Talk to me about Toastmasters because I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I have an idea. When you're when you're going up there to deliver your speech in front of 35, 40 people, can you talk to me about what goes through your mind and and how it works, how it works, how you plan, and what goes through your mind right before you do it? Because that's always intriguing to me. So it's a it's a very formalized and structured approach. Each meeting is right at an hour and a half and there's a schedule or an agenda that you get. And okay, we're going to have three speakers that are going to spend anywhere from five to seven minutes talking about a given topic. And there are pathways and, and essentially you have speeches that focus on certain approaches to public speaking. And so you go down this pathway and you have, I guess you start working through, hey, I'm going to do 10 speeches on something that's comical or funny. So everybody has the opportunity to, to get their name on the list because there's only three speakers in each 
event or each night that you have it. But then also they have kind of an impromptu section where somebody will come up with a list of like 20 questions and then they'll call on almost everybody in the room and then say, hey, like one for me recently was if you had a late night talk show, who would be your guests and why? And so you don't know what the question is going to be. You just walk up and get blindsided. And I think the intent behind it is I to like get it. you to think on your feet I and like be more prepared. I, yeah. yeah. So I struggle with that a little bit Yeah. just because I, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's something that I struggle with. And so for me, I, I shared, I would love to have Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk, two very different personalities, but I respect both of them for, for different reasons. So I, spoke about that topic. So there's there's a few different sections in it. And then there's anywhere from, depending on the size of the group that you're in, anywhere from 12 to 16, 18 people each night. And it's going to be different people because they kind of all come and go based on whatever their, their schedules are. But it, it's been a good experience for me. And I shared a speech uh, probably six weeks ago or something like that. And it was actually like kind of a story of, of my life and, and why I am the way I, I am. And I kind of talked about my childhood and some challenges and, and things like that. And afterwards, the president came up and because before the speech, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to rail you. I'm going to give you a hard time. I'm going to critique you because they do critique you in the process. Yes. And I said, no, please be gentle. <laughs> and so I, I kind of poured my heart out there and he's like, you could have told me. He's like, next time you got to come in and say a funny speech. I don't think I'm a funny guy. So I spent weeks trying to figure out what in the hell am I going to talk about? And so last week or the week before, maybe uh, I got up in front of everybody and shared a story and had everyone in there laughing, which was very strange for me because I don't think of myself as funny. But anyway, so what it does is that the intent is to get you out of your comfort zone whenever it comes to public speaking and, and they push you way out past where you are comfortable so that whenever you do get up and present on a given topic that you are comfortable with, you are, you're all ready to go. Yeah. You're comfortable. Your heart rate isn't going through the roof. And, and so that's really the intent behind it is just to hone that craft of getting better at speaking in front of people. So I have this really stupid goal. It's a personal goal. It's not okay. business related. It's a stupid goal. So I talked to you kind of about the Christmas party. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to do Toastmasters. But I think I want to do the improv. Yeah. I think I want to get up on stage, open mic night, and I want to make fun of my marriage mm -hmm. and just life in general and, and, and being a gym owner and the dumbassness and, and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I know I'll bomb. I know I will. But I think that would help me because I'm, I'm a negative reinforcement person. Like I don't do positivity. Yeah, I run on hate. Like I really do. <laughs> and so what I want to do is is I I want to cure my shaky voice thing that I do when I get very personal, mm -hmm. and I and I'm very I show my gratitude towards people. I want to kind of kill that as much as possible, and I think the only way to do that is to go out and try something that's way out of my comfort zone. Yep. Not just tiptoe. I just want to like just way out there. Just sling me with a slingshot, and I just want to land out in the ocean. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the way to do it for me because I think it's one. There's a small chance, like one percent, that I might be funny. 
There's nine. I'm, there's a ninety percent chance I'm gonna piss off my wife, and there's like an eight percent chance that I'll I'll turn around and really like move it into something special. Well, you know, one of the things that I've always admired about you is your it it appears that you are gifted in the in the realm of public speaking because you're so comfortable. You just get up in front of everybody and start talking, and and you know I don't know where that comes from, but I, I have do no idea. It. I, I have no idea. It. And like at the Christmas party, you just got up and I have a feeling that maybe you had a few thoughts, but that wasn't a prepared speech. No. You just got up and started talking. I get up and start talking. and I, I let, I open my mouth and I let my brain do the rest. <laughs> that's pretty much how I do podcasting. That's how I, I do the interviews. And that's how I, I'll take, I, you're very detailed with your notes. You write down times when things start, like, this make a good excerpt. Yeah. yeah. And you, you're watching your time and you know, so me, I'm like. All right, here's what I can't talk about. Here's what I can talk about. Let's start. Yeah. And I just go. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the confusion is because people think, oh, this is just super prepared. When you're shooting your own YouTube channel, like when you have nothing really working and you have to do all your own ads and you're sitting there walking around your business with your phone out here like this and, you know, trying to figure out how to turn the energy on all the time and do it. I just became comfortable. So yeah. now I want to do something super uncomfortable, try to be funny and just, if I bomb, I bomb, you yeah. know, like why not? Yeah. One day, I'll, one day I'll be the cool kids club and, and be at Toastmasters or make a life as a, as a motivational speaker. And there you go. Say fuck on stage all the time. There you go. <laughs> but, Gary V do yeah. it. <laughs> that's kind of, that's the, that's the micro goal for me. I like it. Yeah. Now, do you have any goals for your business? Like for 2022, like your your private side? Like we're not talking corporate. Well, it's corporate's boring stuff. That's <laughs> it's it's listen, corporate's cool. It really is. Like there's millions of people who do it, millions and billions of people. But this man's talented. So let's talk about that. What's what's the goal for that? So I I will say something on on the corporate side of things. I am very fulfilled. I've had conversations with our CEO and COO over the past few weeks, and it's one of the things that I've shared with them. And because for twenty one, yes, I've been leading IT and HR for a, quite some time. Early on in twenty one, they asked me to step in and lead safety and transportation and start ESG and all these other functions. So. For me, I am very fulfilled in that arena. Now, that being said, the podcast is something that has been very fulfilling for me and the executive coaching and things that I do on the side to help people out. And, you know, one of the things that I shared with them is I am more fulfilled now than I ever have been. Yes, I still would like to be a CIO one day, but it's not... It's not my absolute mission at this point in time. My mission is now to help as many people as possible. And I do this by having the show, by coaching people and just giving them guidance and sharing with them, hey, this is what worked for me. This is what didn't. And it's just so fulfilling for me. I just I want to do more of that. And that's part of why I'm going to Toastmasters, why I like to I would like to sit on panels at CIO forums and things like that, because I know what it's like to spend many, many years just killing yourself and 
it appear or feel like you're just on a hamster wheel. Yeah. You're working your ass off, but you can't make that progress because you're not, maybe you're just not heading in the right direction or you're not working quite on the right things that you should be working on. And like I've shared with you in the past, it's taken me 20 years to figure out the things that I have figured out. And if I can have conversations with people on the weekends or whenever, and they share their challenges, I say, well, what about this? Have you thought about it from this perspective? And, you know, there's a guy, a friend of mine that I talk to on a regular basis that he's went into a new role a few months back and, and he's been struggling with one of his coworkers and, and we just kind of bounce ideas off of one another. And I can share like, well, is it possible that maybe that person is struggling with this? And when you pull back the curtain and help somebody look at things in a slightly different perspective, it, it opens their eyes and they have this aha moment. And that is what's so fulfilling for me. I just, I want to continue chasing that feeling. I, I completely understand that when someone has that, that aha moment, like that is the most addictive feeling in the world going, I got through and they're thinking now and they're, they're, they're on a forward path. They weren't on before or they were struggling and it it makes everything so important. I have, I try to do that with fitness and with people that are being a bigger guy. You, you, you bump into people that go, man, I just, I really like cake, you know, <laughs> and they're like, I can't stop, you know? And so going, Hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do this part right now, you can enjoy that later. And seeing that person start the journey and every day, you know, they're cussing you under their breath every day. They're, they're, they're trying to just will themselves to show up. For me, it takes a little longer. That's not a conversation thing. But when they hit about that, that eight-week mark, that two months, and they, they're they in a new pair of pants that they haven't been aware or, you know, shirts fitting a little different, and you say, hey, man, you're looking really good. And they're like, thank you so much. That aha moment, they're like, yes, yep. I'm. this is why I'm doing it. And it, it's the most rewarding, fulfilling, emotional, mental thing that you can ever really encounter it is it and it was so whenever I think to early in my career and you and I've talked about this I, I keep saying that but you and I have talked about this early in my career there's other it was podcasts just, that we talk about this stuff yeah yeah <laughs> but it was all about stacking cash and buying the fastest car and just all the toys yeah and in my mid-30s I came to realize that uh, that's cool but it's not really that fulfilling and, and once you espouse a philosophy of, of helping others and giving to others, it, I mean, it changes your life, your entire perspective. Um, so I'm 38. I've been an adult for 20 years now. Um, I, five. <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm an adult five-year-old now, uh, pretty much. Um, I really didn't like grow up till I was like 33 when I started the business, 32, 33. Um, last year I got a taste of it, but this year I've, I've gotten a, a full blown, just f- 15 course dinner and, and, and what it means to give. Um, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a car guy. I'm a gun guy. I like all this stuff. It meant more to me this year at the Christmas party to hand my staff uh, an envelope with cash in it and say, thank you for everything you do. I wouldn't be able to do this without you. To be able to hire somebody who is struggling to pay their bills and for them, it happened today, for them to go come up to me and go, man, you made, my, you made my entire Christmas. I'm able to buy my kid a Christmas present now because of you. Those moments of giving Trump my Chevelle, me going shooting, yep. it trumps uh, paying off a vehicle, it, it trumps buying a new house. It, 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 it is the most intoxicating feeling to go because of you and your hard work, I'm able to do this for you and able to bonus people, give people money randomly, uh, support small businesses. It, it It's changed the way I think about things and it's, it's absolutely intoxicating. It is. Yep. Yeah. So for me, just chasing more of that in 2022, Man. I have some, I have some, specifics on thoughts and ideas and you know there's a lot of people talk about well i know your thoughts on this but i want to share it with everybody as far as making what is it keep your goals to yourself and let your results speak for themselves or or, or something like that versus just throwing it out there I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. So there are times whenever I'm open and share my goals and there's other times that are just very close and personal for me that I deliver on for myself. Yeah. And I, I don't have to share it because I don't need any sort of accountability from the outside because I am one that whenever I set a goal for myself, I will accomplish it. It yeah. might not happen year at that, one. At that at exact that moment exact that you're moment, planning on it, yeah. But it's damn sure going to happen. Yeah. Because I I just don't stop, and I know that you're very similar. I uh, I take the Babe Ruth approach. I sit there with the bat. I call my shot, <laughs> and I will swing for the fences till I get it. Yeah. Um. Uh. I talk about this often, and and a lot of people think oh, I'm playing. I've been saying in the next eighteen to twenty four months we're going to have number two open. It is every bit of my intention as long as I have. Blood in my heart and air in my lungs, I am going to make that happen. It might take me 26 months. It might take me 30 months. Yeah. But I'm going to fucking get there, and I'm going to do it. And we're taking all the steps necessary right now. Um, I'm a big American-made guy. I'm, I love American-made. I want If you listen to this, I want to spend money with you if you can make this happen. Um, when the quarantine happened and all that, you saw brands like, under Armour, Nike, Reebok, stay at home, this and that, but keep buying our shit. I I am for the people, by the people. I want to make our own apparel. I want to make our own act, active shorts, our own active wear, our own leggings. And I really don't want to go to China to make it happen, but I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to get it done. But I want to have an entire line of active clothing with skull and wreath on it Kind of get away from not get away from this kind of stuff because yeah. we're still going to do this for t-shirts, but like what you have the the dry fit, the nicer, the four way stretch, the comfortable stuff, the active, uh, slim fit kind of look. I want to own a brand that is for people 
that are in the industry that we cater to and go, it's super nice quality. It doesn't cost an arm and a leg and it fucking works. Mm -hmm. And if I can get that American made, I'm going to fucking do it any day of the week. But if I can't, we got to go overseas. If it costs me X amount and my competition costs $70 for a pair of shorts, I'm going to sell them for 35. I'm going to have the same quality or better. Every fucking time. So that's one thing that I, I really appreciate is you're lowering that barrier to entry to getting nice things. It's not about all about profit and your margins and, and all of that. It's about, again, helping people out, helping because, you know, one of the things I have a bunch of all the gym shorts I wear are, are Lulu. I just, I love their shorts. And then for shirts, I don't really have that many Lulu shirts. I prefer t-shirts to, yeah. to train in, but Man, the the feeling of putting on nice workout clothes it it actually helps with your confidence. Yeah, and and I want or I would like more people to have access to that because Nike with their little dry fit stuff it looks cheesy as hell and yeah. and dumb and it probably costs just as much. Maybe it's cheaper than the, some of the nice stuff, but yeah, it, it it helps with people's confidence and helps get them in the gym more, and and that's what it's all about. Well, it's it's the same idea behind the t-shirts. I don't I don't skimp. Mm-hmm. I buy so there there are there are like many levels to t-shirts. We all know the game, the Hanes and the Gildan, and they're super thin or super thick. They don't fit right. They're boxy, whatever. And you get the shirts that are like, wow, these are really nice to wear. I only buy the nicest ones. I buy the most expensive. And I go to the printers, and I'm actually having to change printers because my printer doesn't want to do the level that I want to do yet. He wants to be a little off or, you know, slightly tilted. I'm like, no, no, it's got to be perfect every time. That's what I expect. I'm paying for it. It's what I expect. So we're looking for a new printer. But I'm like, I want to make a nice shirt where one brand might sell it for $35, $40. Bucks. We're $24. Yeah. And you're going to want to wear that, that shirt. Brands right now are charging $70 for hoodies. $70. I buy the nicest hoodie I can buy on the from the mills and the textiles and the suppliers and I sell it for 40 bucks. And it competes with anything you got. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's not about money. Yes, there is money to be made, but I'm not I'm not I don't want to see somebody breaking their neck to have my logo on them. They go, "Yeah, man, these these leggings I bought my girl. <laughs> they were $100." Yeah. You out your damn mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I, I don't need that. Like, I, to make it to where it's, everything's accessible, we make that happen. We make the money happen from there. It, the money that's going to be made on the apparel side is just going to help fund the gym side. Because the idea, and somebody can take my idea. I don't care. You can't do it as good as I can, I promise. I want to have a brand that is synonymous with all-encompassing. I want to wear that gym's badass. Holy crap, they got cool clothes. Holy crap, it's really nice clothes that are really cool. They got their own supplements. They got this, they got that. We're launching our own app now. That's nice. something we're working on. So you've seen that mm-hmm. one that's in there. We're about to have three more. Okay. Um, right now we have it set up to where we are. Uh, we can do the day passes and the cancellations. We're about to have it to where we can do everything. And we're implementing Plaid. Okay. You know what Plaid is? Mm-mm. So when you sign up for Venmo or PayPal or whatever, it's their technology that verifies your bank account. And we're making it to where you can't pick a bank account that doesn't have enough money to cover the membership. Okay. 
So it streamlines it. It's yeah. it's like chip verification for your credit card, but for your bank account. Got it. So we're implementing that. We're going to turn around. We're going to reverse engineer the entire process, all the API technology. We're going to reverse all that stuff, which is definitely in your wellhouse of, mm-hmm. te- of tech. We're going to figure out how to do it. We're going to figure out how to do the credit card processing. Okay. Own it. All right. Own the entire piece. Own the entire piece. We're going to take that technology, use it in every one of our gyms, and then we're going to turn around and sell it to other gyms. Rolling RFID tags, things like that, to where when you sign up for a membership, you won't be carrying a little card. We, we always have our phones on us. Mm-hmm. Google wallet, Apple wallet, whatever. You're going to have a rolling card. So as soon as you go in the computer, hit check in, show your phone to the iPad. iPad will read your phone, and you're able to have full technology to start over. And then you can't take a picture of it because every time you come in, I'll have a different QR mm-hmm. code. That is the plan. All right. And we're like going to keep doing it. And that's how, like I said, all encompassing. I want to own every single piece of it. Yeah. And when, anytime you see that logo, you go, yep, that's part of that tribe. Yep. That's the plan, man. It's good stuff. Like I said, you can try it, but you're not going to do as good as I do. Yeah. What else you want to talk about? Dude, I, 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 I've had this burning question in my head. All right. It has nothing to do with business. Okay. You can buy a new car or are you just going to keep pimping your current one out? I have, I'm laughing so hard because I wanted to shift to cars. <laughs> the topic of cars. Okay, here's the deal. So I've had my ZR1. I bought it back in uh, 2012 or 13. You bought it new or semi-new? So I bought it used. It had 2,000 miles on it, something yeah. like that. Semi-new. <clears throat> and, man, you know, I bought it. I saved for a very long time. At first, my dream car was the C6Z06, and then the ZR, C6ZR1 came out, and I said, oh, nope, that's now my dream car. So <laughs> That's the car. <clears throat> so saved up, bought it, and that's just been my baby. It has sentimental value because it, it represents something that I worked and saved for years and years and years to get. So I always told myself, I'm never going to sell it, never going to sell it. Well, so it's a 2011, and it's starting to show its age. It's starting to have some little electrical gremlins and stuff like that. And I've had some issues, replaced all the suspension, and just kind of working through little bugs and kinks. And there's just annoyances that I've had with it recently. And been getting everything fixed, but it seems like every time I get something fixed, now something else. And it's nothing big or major. It's just annoyances. So... GM had the commercial for the C6, I'm sorry, C8 Z06. And oh my God, uh, I just, my jaw hit the floor. And it, even though it makes less power than my Z now, it it's, it's screams just, like a Lamborghini. Oh my God. Oh, so I thought to myself, Ooh, it might be time. <laughs> it might, it, be, it might time. be time for an upgrade. <clears throat> now, I, I started thinking more about it and thinking, okay, do I really need to spend a hundred grand on or whatever the number is going to be? It's going to end up being pretty damn pricey. I'm guessing one forty, probably. Yeah, with with markups and everything. Even if you get it for MSRP, one twenty or thirty something like that. Do I really need to spend that, or should I just really get my current car where it should be, so that I can drive it comfortably and enjoy it, and just 
not have to deal with any of the little gremlins. So I decided that route for the next few years. I ordered a custom license plate for it. Okay. And it's going to be Wolf ZR1. I think it's very fitting. So I'm going to be keeping my Z for, for a little while longer. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing to it, but I'm probably going to hold on to it for a, a good while. Just because whenever I think about spending that money, there are other better things that I could spend my money on. And also, in you know, over the past year or two years, I've been just trying to hoard as much cash as, as possible just because I have other big plans and things that I want to launch into. Yeah. Man, um, having two paid-off vehicles, mm-hmm. um, and you, I'm guessing you have three now. Well, so I have my work truck, and then I have my Avalanche and my Z. Both are paid off. Yeah. So. Um, I have two... I have three paid off vehicles, uh, my two trucks and my car. Um, Got to love Brinkley. Yeah. Brinkley, chill. Um, It's funny. The dog's been showing us his asshole for like five minutes. (laughs) So I'm sitting there paying attention. I'm like, look over and it's just straight dog ass. Um, (laughs) I, I look at it and I'm like, okay. As you know, I've got some plans for my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I put the deposit down, uh, paid for half of a roadster shop frame, yeah. and I got the Mac Daddy frame. I, I, I got the the spec series. I got the narrowed rear end, C7 front geometry, rack pinion, yeah. CNC custom bent uh, brake lines. Like The fuel system's built for 1,500 horsepower. It all comes with the chassis. Like, I spent about 22 grand. Yeah. Um, we're going to frame swap it, and then I'm taking the six-speed out, and uh, I'm putting a automatic 6L90 okay. built for 1,000 yeah. horsepower. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to – I did something stupid, which you've already heard. Um, I over-revved my engine, and I closed the uh, spark plug on number five cylinder, and I floated a valve – so it's a little underpowered and sounds a little anemic. Yeah. Um, so we're going to probably pull the rotating assembly out, redo the whole thing, go 454 LSX. Oh. And then uh, I'm going to send the supercharger, and I'm probably going to put about 14 pounds of boost, which mm-hmm. put me about 1,000 horse. Which blower do you have on it again? I don't know. 2.9. I have a 2.9 Whipple. Oh, that's right. Okay. And right. I got the full Wagner front drive. So plenty of room. Plenty of room. <clears throat> So, and I'm only at eight pounds of boost pulling out 733 of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I got plenty. So we're going to do that. Um, and then I'm, I'm at a crossroads with the car. I've loved, I love my Chevelle. Yeah. But I loved the 70 Chevelle more than I liked my car. And the only difference is the front sheet metal and the rear bumper. So do I convert it to a 70 and go black with white racing stripes? Or do I keep it 72 and go back with the original gold and black racing stripes or just keep the candy red, redo the whole thing, make it pristine, and just drive that car with new forge lines from Tony on it? So so many ideas. Yeah. That's tough. Black is sexy. See, black is sexy. It's hard to keep clean. It is. And everything I have is black. Yeah. we're trading in the uh, the Ram, and I'm probably going to get somewhere Bronco. Okay, but I was like, you know, I kind of need something that can get in parking garages and things like that. the road trip vehicle. Mm-hmm. 
And so I called Bayway Cadillac. Okay. And I took a look at the new 22 Premium Sport Escalade. Oh. And I was like, oh, this thing is bad. Yeah, nice so, and small for parking garages. Yeah, yeah small <laughs> parking garages fits just fine, you know. 22 on 22s, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, the the 600 horsepower model. And I want it. But again, I'm I have two paid off vehicles, and I'm the Bronco. I'll just pay cash for it, yeah. and, and make it easy. But I'm just like, man. But here's the thing. That would be cool, for sure. And you could use it as a write off. Fantastic, great. But all of that money—that's probably well over a hundred thousand dollar truck. Hundred and twelve. Yeah. Think about how much you could do putting that back into legacy barbell and that's and that's been my that's been my struggle because we're doing well enough that you know i can afford it Mm -hmm. and again i'm not saying going doing this like next week by any means but it's just an idea to bounce around and the more i look at it i'm like i love my truck would i not enjoy driving my truck anymore would i drive it less would the would the cadillac just sit there and that, these are all thoughts I've had going through my head. So I'm like, probably not going to be a good move for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the long-term goal is uh, hopefully adoption uh, mm-hmm. and property. So I think after those things happen, I'd be more inclined to it. Yeah. But till then, I'm, I'm going to sit on my ass. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is whenever you start attaining the level of success that you had and being able to buy the nice things, your your perspective starts to shift and focus kind of like what you just described. Well, I could get this. That would be badass, but I can also do this. I can invest here. I can grow this. Those decisions start to become more meaningful. Once once kind of all of our baser needs are met financially and, and that number can come in at, at all sorts of different ranges for different individuals and families and, and you know, that varies. But once your baser needs are met and then you've got a really nice truck, you've got a really nice Chevelle and you're going to be getting a new Bronco, those things. Okay. So getting a, a fourth vehicle, is that really, and, and, and that, it's going to sit, it's going to sit. So at one point now I've had my avalanche and my vet for God, probably eight years, seven or eight years, which is the longest time I've kept any vehicles. So before the avalanche and the vet, I would get something else every six to nine months. I was just like a used car. At one point I had five vehicles and a bike. Yeah. You only drive one at a time. Yeah. And while it was cool and made for great pictures, I'm like, this is, this is dumb because all of those vehicles, they were, they were cool. They were fun, but it wasn't the ZR1. Yeah. It wasn't that dream car. Yeah. And so I had this realization probably in my <clears throat> early 30s of just instead of buying things that aren't quite what you want but are kind of close, just save up, have some patience, and get what's right. Buy once, cry once. <laughs> that's the that's the statement. Buy once, cry once. Yeah. Um, so my, my we talk about stupid goals. <laughs> Um, I say when I get my tent gym open, I'm tattooing from my knuckles to my throat. Okay. I am. All right. Um, I'm going to be like Scott Wells. All right. 
Um, that's my bo- that's my buddy. Man. I got, <laughs> got I got to give him a shout out. Um, now, so he actually, and you can't see it because he's got his hair, but it comes all the way yeah, up over top yeah, of his head. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm not as blessed as uh, Mr. Sh- uh, Mr. Uh, Scott, Scott Wells, Wells to have hair on your head. Uh, yeah, you know, I got, I got the thin spot, so uh, I'm not that blessed. Um, but Scott is he he gets to do a lot of cool stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that goal for me is attainable and probably when I get there, I'll probably change my mind, but it's just something stupid and it's something in my head that I have. I think for any time you set a goal, it should be kind of a little outlandish. So probably, you know, hopefully by the time we get the 10th one open, because the goal is a hundred. Mm-hmm. Once I get to 10%, um, hopefully we'll have, you know, be adopted as a kid right by that point And we'll have our property and um, my, my home and my hometown because that's what I want. I want a really nice home in my hometown. Um, once that's done, probably the goal will be like, what kind of business can I own? Can I start, can I do a music festival? I just, I want to set a goal that's just nuts. Like I, like I want to have a music festival. I want to call it Hank Fest <laughs> and just have a bunch of musicians come out and have a good time. Like, and I think if you set a crazy goal, you're more likely to hit it because you're going to push yourself and go, well, how can I get to Hank Fest? Mm-hmm. How can I get to, Z- how can I get my Z06 C8? Yeah. What, what, what's the next iteration? What do I got to, because hopefully, you know, in the next, let's call it five years for mm-hmm. you, you're, you're at a place where executive coaching is taking off. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're now, not just the vice president of your company, you're the CIO. You're the you're the big motherfucker on campus. <laughs> you have all these things to go. Well, I'm not a Lambo guy. Yeah. I mean, like You wouldn't say no. I, can, I wouldn't say no. But if if they go, here's the new ZR one C eight supercharged five point five liter plat, flat plane crank screamer from hell. Yeah. And you're like, I've earned it. Yeah. And the Wolf ZR1 plate would just carry right on. Exactly. Over. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that's kind of where I'm, I'm actually going to order a plate for my car. So I already have a custom plate on it, but it was like 30 bucks. It yeah. says LB Life. We're actually going to do, uh, I'm going to get a black plate. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do, it's going to have black stripes. Yeah. So we're going to have a black plate and it's going to say the heathen. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's going to say heathen on it. So that's what we're doing. I like it. Yeah, man. Just simple goals, but it's, I think anybody, if you're trying to shoot for a goal, like you make it a little outlandish, mm-hmm. it might seem crazy to other people, but that's what's going to make it. Like you've talked about your five cars. You've talked about getting the ZR1. What is that goal that that's a little outlandish? I knew you were going to ask this. Damn it. I've been, tr- okay, so. As this conversation has unfolded over the past few minutes, I'm thinking, okay, what is that goal for me? Yes, I'd like to, I'd like to pay my house off, probably have some land. I always, I kind of joke around and tell people this is my ride or die house because I do love it so much. That's a great house, but it's beautiful. I, I thank you, but I would like to have some more land and a house with a shop and my own gym there, things like that. But I think. <clears throat> That outlandish goal for me would be to do more 
more public speaking and and be more comfortable on social media and be able to be able to help grow and build the people around me to be able to do their own coaching and and building of those people. I want to positively impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, not to sound too cliche, but kind of do what Andy does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's about to start a tour. Yeah. Which is going to be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's just that is has become so fulfilling and is my new mission to see how many lives I can help. And, you know, it. It's going to vary, and I've been struggling to figure out, okay, how do I quantify? Do I put a number on it, and then how do I quantify did I help that person? And at the end of the day, it it really just comes down to to helping more people attain the level of success that I have been fortunate enough to attain. Well, I always always put, like, something crazy on it because I think that outlandish goal, like, for me, the 100 gems. Mm Mm-hmm. At 100 gyms, I, I, if, even if it made the money that I do right now, that would be enough money to change anyone's life. Um, that being said, if you could change your life in a way financially that you never had to worry about finances. Where would you go? What would you do? How would you impact people? And the only way I can think to quantify that information, and I'm about to give away some secrets here. Um, Most small businesses and what I do, the realm of things I do, they make about 30 to $60,000 a month. If you, Take that math and extrapolate it. 10 is $300,000 a month to $600,000 a month. 100 is plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're making $6 million a month sitting there, $3 million a month sitting there, what do you do to make your goal happen? What do I do to make my goal happen? And then you just keep going. You keep digging. You keep making things happen. And the only way I'm going to get better at what I do is if I hire more people, if I create jobs for more people, if I become that owner of a company that when I say something, one, it's listened to, but also... Every team of every branch of every goal orientation respects what you have to say and respects that you're the leader. The outlandish goal of that is how can I make all those people stand in my shoes and taste and get that, 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 that hunger to do what I do and make the life that I do and make the money that I do and things like that. And to me, the outlandish goal is to make all of them me. I tell everybody that comes on, I will teach you how to be a millionaire. 
Mm-hmm. All you got to do is listen. And I go, it's not hard. It's not difficult. It's actually the gayest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> Smile. Yeah. S- call somebody by their name. Hey, how you doing? Y'all have a nice day. Things like that. Learning how to do that and figuring out the process. Once you figure out how to be nice to somebody and how to use your manners and things like that. I want to own a clothing boutique. I want to buy clothes from all these different places. I'm going to put them in the store. Okay, well, what are you going to do when a customer walks in? Hey there, how you doing? Oh, man, it's your fifth time in here. Hey, hey, Sean, what's going on, man? What can I do for you today? What you looking for? Yep. Man, y'all have a nice day. Thank y'all so much. Appreciate it. Y'all, hey, thank you so much for your business, things like that. These little things seem gay as shit. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But it seems so lame and so stupid. But that's how you make a million dollars. No, so this is this is a good topic. I, I do want to dive into this a little bit. But, you know, whenever I think about... Uh, so I was fortunate to sit on a panel a few months ago and we talked about addressing the skills gap in the workforce today. And one of the things that, that I have observed, not with every business, but a lot of businesses, I feel like hard skills are increasingly becoming commoditized. So... Anybody can jump on Google or YouTube and figure out how to do things. Soft skills, kindness, empathy, caring. Graciousness. Those are superpowers today. And I think there's there's an underlying fear that some people have of, well, if I'm too kind, I'm going to be taken advantage of. Okay, well, yes, you will get taken advantage of. So make sure that you have zero expectation of anyone for your kindness. You extend kindness for the sake of helping people out, not because they're going to come in and buy more shirts or they're going to buy a one-year membership or or whatever that looks like. It, it has to be kindness for the sake of kindness. Yes, you will get taken advantage of, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, who cares? You are going to positively impact 60% of the people's lives. You are going to help them out in a positive light. And so I think for me, that's one of the things that I, I love what you just shared about the importance of kindness, but we just need more of that in the world. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I'll give you a brand. It's synonymous with kindness. Their franchise owner group, all millionaires. Most of them are on their way to being 10 figure earners, 11 figure earners. And it's so stupid, but it's funny. Uh, Chick-fil-A. I knew you were going to say it. Chick-fil-A. Like they teach, have a nice day, be blessed. All Everything they say, what can I do for you today? These these things that we think are stupid mm-hmm. or we, we, we don't really pay any attention to it. I will go through a Chick-fil-A for anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They're kind. Yep. They're fast. And everywhere is the same. Every single drive-through, every single store, every single employee, they do the exact same thing. It's my pleasure to serve you. It's amazing. It is. And and their owners groups, they're all fat with cash because it's kindness. And that's kind of where I get my ideas from mm-hmm. is people like that. Yep. Owners groups, they, they, they stress that. Think of the last time you went. You don't eat fast food. I get it. I have a Chick-fil-A. 
Not a lot. Not a lot. But, but you did. I did just a few days ago. I was on the road, stopped in Chick-fil-A. Yeah. But you're going to stop in there, one. You know it's good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be fast. And they're kind. It's I can't tell you like how many times I'll get up late in the morning, and I'm like, I don't want to make breakfast. It's, it's Sunday, so I'm still going to do my cardio. I'm still going to lift weights. But I take a break from from dieting and stuff like that. Like, I don't go ham, but like I want breakfast, and I've gone to Waterburger or wherever, and I'm like, service is terrible. They mm-hmm. don't care. Most time they're on their phone. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Here we go. There's another option over here. That it's always that. Yeah. It, it's. Food industry sucks. I get it. It's a shitty job. Someone's got to do it. For most people, it's an entry into this. Take these skills, learn them, get good at them. I have people motherfuck me all day long. <laughs> have a nice day, sir. Sorry we couldn't help you out. Truly appreciate your business. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. Inside, I'm going, fuck you. You piece of shit. You didn't pay me. Man, have a nice day. See you later. I got real stuff to do. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Kindness, graciousness. Um, my wife hates it because I use it all up at work and never have none for the house. She hates it. She goes, what in the hell? Can you Who save pissed for you me? off today? <laughs> Asshole. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just one of the the big big things that we need <laughs> we need more of. And as far as just spreading that kindness, yeah, man, absolutely. So. Like, like I know we're all we're off the rails today. We we've, we've had a lot of fun, but I think we're gonna title. Or at least I'm gonna title this on my show, Real Talk. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's definitely what it is. It's, it's, yeah. Um, we literally we sat down and go. Um, what do you want to talk about? Today? I don't know. Let's football. Let's have fun. <laughs> yeah. So I've got I've got three bullets here. I've got 2021. I've got goals 2022, and I've got kung flu. Yeah. So pretty much. So we covered it. <laughs> we knocked it out. Part. <laughs> knocked it out. That's one of your longer ones. So. It is. Yeah. I think it's yeah. gonna. I think it's gonna be good. So I think uh, in the future, what I want to do is have you and Tarver both come on, and we'll just have a few drinks. Absolutely. And, and hang out and Absolutely. Do some real talk. Absolutely. Uh, or you and Scott, or a couple of people, and just have a few drinks. I'll just smoke weed and hang out, and there you go, and get high, and we'll enjoy ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the real question is, when we do this. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna? Are we gonna? Are you gonna see professional Sean, or are we gonna see fun Sean? Oh, you'll see fun Sean. Whenever Tarver and I, I think the first episode that Chris was on, I think it was episode maybe eleven or twelve, or it was it was a it was a while back, and we were actually recording in my formal dining room. I had these these sound panels just kind of propped up. And yeah, it was so bad. So, anyways, we we were having a few drinks, and you can hear him opening the the bottle just kunk. Opening yeah. up and so yeah, we, we had a good time. And then the first episode that Scott Wells was on, he had almost half a bottle of sake. I had to take it away from him because he was getting a little bit. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> so he's gonna come on soon, and he's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna drink this time." I was like, "Perfect." Yeah, it was funny. He actually came out and trained with us in the gym after the podcast, Ooh. and Ooh. he got a cramp, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So anyway, yeah. So it'll be it'll be a real talk and, I mean, and good times. Uh, Officer Dangle needs to come out. Oh, I don't know about all that. Officer, I Dangle. guess it wouldn't matter behind camera. It'd be it'd be fine. Yeah. By the way, uh, he was uh, molested by myself and uh, <laughs> the manager of my business. Well, that's uh, strong verbiage. We won't go that far. <laughs> he had the tiniest little shorts on. He had a cute little booty. Like, yeah. 
But no, oh. man, I think it's a good spot to end it. And what yep. we'll do is we'll have some fun with this. So um, since this is a mutual thing and you opened it, I'll do this. If you want to find me uh, at Legacy Barbell on IG is probably the best way to figure out who I am and what I'm about. Uh, at Heathen Culture um, is my other one. And then we started another little page. It's mainly, mainly gun stuff, but we're going to turn it into a business. Um, it's at Whiskey Delta Company. Um, there's a lot of pictures of guns and things like that on there. But we're actually going to start like a like a bro. We call it Bro 2A. Not All right. Bro 2A, but Bro 2A. Um, just funny sayings yeah. with, with shirts and like. Uh, plus size tactical model have a have a chubby dude on there with <laughs> wearing a Hawaiian shirt and smoking a cigar with an M4 you know just things that are funny to us and if they sell they sell if they don't they don't but that's the goal man so like like, we got we got three pages and we just have fun with it all right so good deal all right so for me you can contact me at the underscore Sean Barnes on Instagram on Facebook and LinkedIn it's just Sean Barnes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my content, I'm going to start getting more and more comfortable with getting content out there. Historically, I've just been a lurker. So next year, I'm going to start focusing on putting some content out there. So, yeah. Yeah, man. That's Gotta it. it. Guys, uh, I, I really I, I put Sean in a lot of hard spots today just for fun. But uh, really, is there's some real content you put out. And uh People need to hear it. People need to see it. People need to be part of it. And I think you going into this Toastmasters thing and getting good at it. And then, you know, maybe our mutual friend, <coughs> Tony Wally, mm. uh, could put you on like the speaker circuit mm-hmm. and, and uh, doing some of his events. Because I know he's about entrepreneurs. And, but you bring something to the table that people that are afraid to jump and they're like, you know, man. Maybe I'm not, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. It's not for everybody. It's not. And and maybe somebody needs to hear your side of things and go, man, you're an executive. You want to go from bottom rung of the executive chain to top rung, middle, middle of the ladder, whatever. You have a lot of, uh, a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge and a lot of respect from people in your field that, that gives a lot of information. So I think, I think people need to understand that, that it's not just about uh, entrepreneurship and things like that. So I think maybe Tony could probably fit that where it'd be a little better. You know, dude, you put out content, man. You 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 might be the lurker, but I think you put out content. You just got to at least gotta get more people to hear it. Yeah. Because you got, you got good shit. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. All right. Good deal. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. So, Henry. Thank you so much Dude, for coming on the show. Such Absolutely. a, I always enjoy our conversation. So much fun. <laughs> Such a good time. Especially when we have drinks in us at bars. I uh, know. We're going to do that next time. Definitely. definitely. That's going to happen. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good one.